Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 196 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Julia Obst. Julia lives in Hopewell, New Jersey, where she just graduated from the College of New Jersey with a degree in public health. Welcome, Julia. I think I said your name wrong after we practiced it. Say <laughs> it, it for us. It's Opst. But I knew it really... as soon as I said oops, I was like, that's not right. Oops, no, it's not oops. Okay. It's Opst. <laughs> no worries. The at all. ah sound, not the ooh sound. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so glad to have you here with us today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, you know, sometimes we hear from people in, you know, our community. They're like, you know, I've got a 
I've got a daughter or a son who wants to start intermittent fasting. Are there any podcast episodes with someone in their age range that that I could send them to? So I always love when I have have someone um, in your age range who is here to tell your story. Yeah, so I'm 22, and I started because um, my mom started just a month before me. And I don't really know why I wanted to start, but I'm like, that kind of sounds cool. So I kind of <laughs> just hopped on just like her. And um, and then it was right before quarantine started, a couple months. So um, it was pretty So this cool. was 2022. I mean, 2020. We're in 2022 now. This was 20, 2020. 2020 is when yeah. you first heard. Yeah, I, I got so excited. I didn't ask you my <laughs> official question, which is what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? But you went right into it. <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was my mom. She um so she started December 2019. So um I started just a month after her right before I went back to my spring semester of college uh of 2020. And I started because so she started because she um her mom has dementia and she heard that, you know, it helps with just having a clear mindset and clarity, stuff like that. So, and she's kind of been through the, you know, roller coaster that you guys talked about of the um, diets and, and things like that. So she, um, she started um, basically just to have that clear mindset and because, you know, it helps with them, the weight loss and things like that. And I, I guess I, technically started because of the whole clear mindset and things like that. I kind of just wanted to try it out. I mean, it sounds cool to just, you know, have that clarity and thing. So, yeah, yeah. it really, really does. So your mom had two, two, I guess, main motivations. You said she'd been on that diet roller coaster mm-hmm. and man, it's nice to get off of that. But second, you know, wanting to have, you know, the neuroprotective benefits, you know, the neurological benefits that come along with intermittent fasting. I've actually been reading, by the time this episode comes out, the book will be out, Dr. Mark Matson from um, from Johns Hopkins. He's He's been studying intermittent fasting. He's from the neurological side of it. He's got a book that's coming out in February. So while we're recording this in January, it's not out yet, but it will be out. But he really goes into the the science. I mean, like hardcore science, like like you're reading a intermittent fasting textbook kind of mm-hmm. science, but it's still, it's awesome. You know, just as I've been looking through, I have an early copy of his book, him talking about all those neurological benefits. You know, why do we have mental clarity while we are fasting? You know, why is it neuroprotective? How does it help our brains to stay healthy? It really is is fascinating. Y'all are both on the right track with that. That's definitely a book that I would want to read more into because I kind of know, you know, the outskirts of it right. and like, you know, the um, insulin being released and things like that. I don't, I I read as much as I can on it and try my best to understand it. Um, but reading a book that kind of explains like the mental clarity part of it, because that's the benefit that I see the most. So since I'm a, I was a former college athlete and I experienced intermittent fasting through, um, you know, my soccer season, I definitely saw benefits in like, you know, my muscle gain and how I felt during workouts and my energy levels and things like that. But my, yeah, my definitely my biggest benefit was just the clarity. So it would definitely be cool to um, understand that a little bit more. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it really is. Like I said, he's he's the guy who wrote the New England Journal of Medicine article that came out in December of 2019 that really got a lot of people interested in intermittent fasting for the health benefits versus, you know, weight loss. You know, of course, that's why I started. Now I stick around mm-hmm. for the health benefits. But mm-hmm. he's he's the guy behind that. And I was actually really excited when I was reading, maybe it was in the introduction. I had heard a rumor that he wrote that article for the New England Journal of Medicine because they asked him to because doctors were starting to ask about it and wanted more info. And he says that's exactly why. So the rumor was correct. <laughs> so that makes me happy. So your mom started. And um, when you began, what did you start by doing? Like, did you read? Did you research? Or did you just say, Mom, tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. Yeah, it was kind of just, um, uh, I took after my mom and she she kind of went kind of cold turkey went right into the five hour fast or five hour window five hour window yeah yeah so I'm kind of like that too I'm very stubborn and when I tell myself to do something I'll just do it so I went right into the five hour window also um and it wasn't really that difficult for me I mean so I always was like a huge eater <laughs> like anytime anyone offered me food like yes I'll take it I want to try I know what food is, is fabulous I, yeah like I don't <laughs> even know what the food is but I'll have it And then the only thing with having the five-hour window was being difficult to say no to those foods. But, you know, as you say, you know, I'll just save it for my, for my window. And it really wasn't, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be because my family were such foodies Mm -hmm. and I was like, how am I going to do this? But it really wasn't as hard as I thought. Well, that's good. So did you ever struggle with weight? Like, did you have weight you needed to lose? I never, since, since I've been an athlete, basically my whole life, I never really struggled with that at all. I kind of actually just ate whatever I wanted, didn't even think about it. Uh, And now that like, I'm kind of like a retired athlete, since I just graduated this December and had my last season, I am, I got kind of nervous. I'm getting kind of nervous with, you know, what path I'm going to take and how uh, my workouts are going to be. And, you know, I got to cut back a little bit on eating. And obviously, intermittent fasting is definitely helping with, you know, that transition. Yep, that's true. You know, I remember hearing like how much Michael Phelps has to eat, for example, or when he was you know, like training for the Olympics and he was like in the pool all the time and eating like, I don't know, 10,000 calories a day or something to fuel his workouts, right? Yeah, I mean, it is a lot. and But I don't think I realized... I really don't have to eat like that much. Like you do have to eat like a lot more as an athlete compared to like someone that doesn't um, work out at high intensity workouts and stuff like that. But I did realize, you know, for my workouts, I didn't have to eat as much as I really thought. And um, also experiencing with that, I realized just like the foods and how, how it made me feel during my workouts. You know, I would pick and choose foods that, made me feel more energetic and um, better during workouts during my window for um, for my workouts the next day. Um, and then I would just I would just have better workouts and more energy, stuff like that. Well, let, let's explore that a little bit. For, you know, first of all, though, Michael Phelps, I think when you're in the pool, when you're in the pool, it takes even more energy. Something I think about so. the temperature of the water? I don't know. <laughs> he does eat a lot. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said that you started to tune into what foods made you feel better the next day. Like, you know, we so often connect foods with how we feel right now. Like if I ate a bunch of sugar, you've heard me say this before, I'm going to get restless legs. I'm going to feel yucky. I can cause an effect at right there within like an hour or so. 
but you've been able to figure out what foods, if you eat them today, it will fuel your workout better tomorrow. Tell us a little bit about that. So when I think of me intermittent fasting, I really think of quarantine um, because, so I started January, 2020, kind of middle towards the end of the month. I went to school for however many months, two or three months, and then we came back in March. Um, and that's the bulk of when I think of my intermittent fasting and the schedule I started to create. So during quarantine, it was me, my mom, and my dad all intermittent fasting. And it was kind of cool because I love we, it. We'd all have our black coffee in the morning. No, the kitchen would like be closed until like 2 p.m. And then we'd all start coming in and be like, "How? what are you opening your window with and stuff like that. And we discuss like what we're eating and, you know, it was actually kind of fun because <laughs> it was just us three in the house and we would all fast together. But so the schedule I kind of had, and you know, everyone has a schedule during quarantine and it was just all weird, but it was it nice was weird. <laughs> because intermittent fasting, you know, it was easy to create the schedule with intermittent fasting because of the window and then the fasting window as well. So I, we would all eat from like, let's say two to seven, really anywhere in there. It could be 12 to five. We would extend our window an hour if we wanted to super lenient. It would even be shorter sometimes also. And then what I do is I would work out in the mornings. So I, we would have our window. Then the next day I would feel amazing in the mornings. I love how I feel in the mornings. Like I feel so great right now. Me too. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and so then I would work out, I don't know, maybe around nine or 10 and I would feel great during my workouts. I would go on runs and in the beginning, I definitely was nervous how my workouts would be because, you know, we've been always taught and trained that eat an apple before you go on a run or you need some energy or, um, you know, even like Gatorades and power juices oh, and yeah. stuff like that. I was always train we would go to seminars in college and like just the athletes and we learn how like for a 5 a.m workout you need to wake up and eat a granola bar before you go to lift or like eat a late late dinner or something and now i've learned or like, I, like they'll tell you did they tell you you had to have protein like the, yes the minute or like eating your protein while you're working out is the yes. next step probably yeah yeah protein <laughs> yeah. bars and yeah. protein shakes stuff like that um but i've learned that i like i can't I have to work out fasted now mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and I can't I mean I I can work out with something in my stomach I guess but it's good that my I like to work out in the morning because um because that's the easiest to be fasted in we all face stress in our daily lives what if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers this one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium which could have a positive effect on our stress response but don't take my word for it here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal nutrients Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories 
promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah. So for me, exactly the same way. You know, I'm not a, a big worker out or <laughs> I don't I don't do any any formal types of, of working working out, but I have such better endurance just for tasks that I have to use my body in the right. fasted state. Like mm-hmm. you we're recording this, it's January fourth, and I just took down all the Christmas decorations over the weekend, but I I did it all during the fasted state, and it was like I was let, lugging heavy things, and I did it all myself, carrying the Christmas tree, and take, I have two, and taking them apart, and I could have just kept going and going and going. I feel like the you know the Energizer Bunny, you know, when I'm in the fasted state with the energy. So you have found that you have much better energy for the for the workout in the fasted state. Yes, absolutely, and like even during my workouts, you know, I've always had pretty good workouts, being an athlete and, you know, working hard, very high intensity. Um, but now during my workouts, I, I, you know, I feel like I can just sprint a little bit harder and, and farther and, you know, put in that extra effort to get in those reps and things like that. And I just feel more even like positive and happy and like, mm-hmm. oh, this workout feels so good. And it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm definitely someone who likes to work out because of how it makes me feel. Right. I I love and and now it's 10 times that because of intermittent fasting. <laughs> well, and you know, when we're when we're working out and you know, all those feel good chemicals hit the brain, but also, you know, if you're in the fasted state and your body is making ketones, you have that added boost in the brain because the brain loves ketones. It's mood mood boosting. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes us makes us feel really good and so that that's wonderful to hear. So did you play soccer in the fasted state? Yes. So that was one thing that I was kind of nervous about. So 2020, fall of 2020 was supposed to be my senior season. Right. So that obviously got taken away because of COVID, our lovely friend. Um, that yeah, was- my heart breaks <laughs> for all of you athletes, like the high school athletes, the college athletes, everyone. That <sighs> – Yeah. Yeah. It was actually very tough. It was really tough, especially because it was, you know, supposed to be my senior season and everything like that. We were supposed to be so good and everything, but it was pretty sad. But then I decided to stay and take, you know, that fifth year because as college athletes, you have four years of eligibility, at least D3, which is what um, my school was. So yeah, I decided to stay. And so I played in the 2021, wait, so 2020. 
with yeah, the I know. Years. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Like all the years are running together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Suddenly this whole this whole thing, the, all the Corona years are like a blur. I so know. in 2020, you lost your season, the 2020 yes. fall season, but you played the 2021 fall season. Right. And this was just like last month, a right. couple months ago. So this was so that season was my first season ever in intermittent fasting while playing soccer. I wasn't really nervous for our like like training practices. They were from three to five. So I would just fast until practice and then eat after. And kind of I would just practice would go till about five-ish. And I would kind of just, you know, come back and eat a little something, shower, have my dinner. You know, we'd all like snack on something a little while we were watching TV all together at night. Um, and I kind of wouldn't really have a limit to when I would stop, but it wouldn't be any later than like nine or nine thirty. So that would be my window during the season while we practice probably like five to nine or nine thirty. Um, on game days, I was nervous other than just because, you know, we're always told we need so many calories oh, to yeah. play these games and like, in soccer games, we run like seven to nine miles, which is wow, you know, a little scary to hear um, in like a fasted state. So like, so if we had a game at 10 a.m., you know, I definitely wouldn't eat beforehand and I would feel great. Those are my favorite 10 or 11 um, a.m. games. When I did have uh, evening games, we'd have games at 6, 6.30 or 7. There were some times where I did fast all the way until then. I would just have a late dinner, I would make sure I ate enough the night before. Um, and then I would just fast all the way until the seven o'clock game, and I would feel great. And then I would just eat after and sometimes even the next day, I would just wake up and just feel more hungry. So I just eat more. So yeah. I, I'm very lenient with it. Um, and then I just fast the rest of the day, the following day. Um, so you just really l- learn to listen to your body and fuel it earlier exactly. if you needed to, especially after a, a late game day. The next day, you needed to fuel better, fuel more. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't that much of an issue fasting. And if I really had to, which probably happened once or twice, I would wake up like not feeling so great. So I would just eat a little something and then I would fast until practice. Really wasn't that big of a deal. I was, um, I'm just, I'm very lenient with it, with how many hours. I don't like to go over five hours, but um, but I definitely like to work out fasted. Um, and then towards the end of the season, so comes the NCAA tournament. So for D3 sports, you play um, Saturday, Sunday, so back-to-back days. And there's, and so with TC and J, we usually make it into the tournament. Um, so this year, we were fortunate enough to make it in. Yay! I was um, hoping you, would, you did. <laughs> yeah. So we actually made it to the national championship. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. You played in the, see this, I don't know a lot about soccer, but you played in the national championship. We did. It was oh, December fourth and fifth. Wow. So it, yeah, so we made it through every weekend. We got to host um, the first two weekends, and then, uh, or sorry, the first weekend. Then the next weekend we traveled and we won both of those games. So then we were headed to the final four in uh, North Carolina and Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh-huh. So that was amazing. So my only concern with um, 
you know, these back-to-back games was that, you know, I wasn't getting enough calories. And right. I was just so nervous and I didn't want it to affect my game. But then I'm like, if I eat before the game, then it will affect my game. But if I don't, I, like, I don't know if it will. <laughs> I was so nervous. So right. I didn't really fast as much on those weekends because mm-hmm. they would feed us breakfast and then a little lunch before the game. And then, um, and then we would play. So I kind of would eat with all my friends, with all my teammates, because um, I was I was just nervous. Well, I get it. Yeah, but but that's what's so great about fasting is that you know you can hop on when you want, and then you can hop off if you just need a little break from it, or you know, nervous like me. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, how did the how did the final four go? How did uh, we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody wants to know, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> We won in the semifinals against Wesleyan. Uh, they're from Connecticut. And then we lost in the finals against Christopher Newport. Um, it was a really good game. Um, but I don't know. We lost and it was so sad. But uh, it is I mean, so sad. It's so exciting that we got But amazing there. to make it that far. Like, yeah. I'm so glad that you took that extra extra year, Absolutely. aren't you? I mean, think of what that, that gave you. Oh, you will always know you made it to the final four. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, you were near my alma mater. I went to Wake Forest, which is really close to Greensboro. Okay, yeah. So definitely. you were not, not it was far nice. away. It was uh, definitely nicer weather than here in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's been freezing. I think it was 25 degrees yesterday. Uh, we just had a really warm spell, but now it's back to chilly again. So, But, you know, I'd, I would rather it be like, I like summer, but if it's mm. winter, I need it to be a little cooler than summer weather in the, in right. the winter. So, Aren't you? You're in Georgia? In Georgia. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Georgia. We had a very warm holiday season, like, but unusual, unusually warm. But now we're back to normal. Normal weather. So. <laughs> kind of nice. <laughs> it's still very different, I'm sure, than New Jersey. Yes. But. It's freezing here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love that you adapted it to fit your schedule. And you're right. With all that playing, I mean, that's a lot of miles that you're running. You definitely need to fuel your body more. And you took the flexibility of intermittent fasting instead of, like, making it so regimented that it would affect you negatively. You're like, you know what? I'm doing a lot of work here. I need to fuel my body. So what what foods really help you feel your best? You know, if you if you choose them during your eating window, you feel you know you're going to feel better the next day if you're working out or just in your in your fast in general. So I, you know, we learn that when you eat like protein when you're working out, like when you eat it or ingest it however you want to, um is kind of important. Um but I kind of just learned that I'm going to have my protein during my window and it doesn't matter if it's before, right after my workout, things like that. So I definitely would make sure I had a lot of protein, um, you know, um, meats. And I would also have protein bars. I would try to have a protein bar. Um, when I had my practices, I would grab a protein bar, eat it, and then take my shower. Then I would have snacks like I would have a lot of fruit and veggies. I love snacking on veggies and hummus. I oh, me love too. it. <laughs> Absolute yeah. favorite thing to eat. <laughs> yep, yep. 
always like you know those containers of of hummus that that you can buy that's like one serving of hummus yes i can eat that easily yes and like this is mine where's yours i don't know (laughs) absolutely i would be embarrassed at how much i could eat i would just not stop it's just well hummus is just like one of those things that's so good and it's good for you yes exactly have you ever made your own I have, and I was so disappointed. It was oh, so really? yes, I couldn't get it. Wasn't it wasn't right. good. Okay, uh, have you it made might, it? I have made it, and it was great. It might be like your blender. Maybe that I don't could know. be. Was it? What was there weird was about the it? It was thing. You made it in one, a food processor. Yeah. Okay, I think I make mine in my blender, not my food processor. Like I think oh. I make it. I have a Blendtec blender. Okay. It's been a while since I made it. There was like one summer when I was like, I am making hummus all the time. I don't know, but I made a lot of hummus. I made it in my blender. Try it in your blender. Did you put a little olive oil in there with it? A little lemon juice, a little tahini? Okay. That's what I did. And I put salt and I... I kept putting more salt in it. I just couldn't get it right. It just didn't taste good. Well, okay, maybe you can add – oh, again. and I, I also put roasted red peppers in there. Oh, I would like Like that. I got a jar of roasted red peppers and just put them in there. Mm. Yeah. You just need to find your right little seasonings in there. Put it in. Yeah. Okay. Try it. Maybe so I'll Give try it another it. try. And try okay. it in a blender okay. and see if, if that makes it better. I'll do know. that. <laughs> <laughs> so you eat a lot of fruits and veggies. Make sure you get yeah. enough protein, that sort of thing. Yeah. So those – three main things are basically, I like to open with fruit. You know, I just feel my best and it's cold and refreshing. And I like different varieties of fruit. When I go to the grocery store, I like to like grab a little bit of everything. Um, And, and then, yeah, protein and veggies. And then I would kind of just eat whatever I wanted. I would Mm -hmm. just have pasta a lot and uh, my salads and really, I I didn't really hold back from anything. I would just kind of eat whatever I wanted, what I was feeling, things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And a wide variety of fruits and veggies is so important. So it sounds like you're getting all those in. Now, you mentioned that you had some muscle gain. You know, we hear so many confusing things about, you know, oh, you're going to break down your muscle, especially, you know, (laughs) some people would worry that an athlete fasting, working out your muscle, you're just going to eat up all your muscle. But that is definitely not what happened for you, right? Right. So, so yeah, when I think of intermittent fasting, I think of quarantine and during quarantine more towards the end, I was at like almost my best shape ever. Wow. Yeah. Last summer I was feeling so great and, um, I looked my best. Um, I didn't really look that different. Like if you, if you ask my friends and stuff, but you know, I felt different and I definitely had uh, more muscle definition but I always worked out hard, had all these high intensity workouts every summer preparing for uh, the fall soccer season. Um, but something was just different about um, working out and intermittent fasting, obviously. And um, I, during or after my workouts, I would just feel and I definitely would see, you know, that muscle gain and and it was definitely a little bit more encouraging during my workouts just to be like, oh, I'm actually like changing my body. And you talk about body recomposition all the right. time. And I'm like, what What could change from like, I'm an athlete, like what could change on my body? And I definitely saw it like my legs got like thinner, but so much more muscular. Mm-hmm. And I definitely saw it and felt just changes in my body, which I didn't, I definitely was not expecting that. That's amazing. So yeah, so you're tapping into your fat stores. So there, that's where the shrinking comes in. You know, you're losing, losing that, that extra fat, 
but you're building that muscle. So there's where you're getting leaner and, you know, like more solid and more muscular. So mm-hmm. that, it's really exciting to hear it, hear it, you know, over and over again from people that, it, you know, especially people who are athletic. You know, I've certainly not had muscle wasting, right? <laughs> That's the thing people worry about. Your body's going to eat up all your muscle. No, I haven't experienced <laughs> that. But it's a fear that, you know, keeps getting promoted by people who maybe haven't tried intermittent fasting themselves or don't really understand um, how protective it is. And it actually helps you in the muscle building process. Human growth hormone goes up, you know, all, all those things. So if you're getting sufficient protein, you're active, you're fasting clean, you're working out in the fasted state, you're going to be fine. Yeah. So, but also with that, you know, we want to add in the holiday too and yeah, <laughs> how much more we're eating and uh, what we're eating and stuff. And I just got back from being away and, you know, every holiday and also getting into my routine. I don't know what it is yet actually, but my routine of not having soccer and just, right. you know, finding my own workouts that I'm going to do um, and my fasting and what I'm going to be eating. I'm so excited to explore that in January. I'm a little nervous because I'm just used to going to practice every day right. and having that be my workout and eating after and like that was that, but now I got to figure it out again. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm really excited. I'm I think I'm going to start lifting and I'm going to kind of experiment with like, you know, different foods I think and um my windows and different workouts and I kind of experiment with the body recomposition thing and see see what I can do with my body. I don't know. I'm That's cool. I mean, That's I'm excited. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So you, have you have you not been doing a lot of lifting before? So in season, we actually don't do that much lifting. Um, out of season, I definitely do. And that's when I uh, felt the most muscle gain and body recomposition okay. during uh, quarantine and the summer after that. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to get back into that and start lifting again and running if it stays, uh, if it hopefully gets a little bit warmer out right? <laughs> um, and things like that. But yeah. Awesome. Well, that's very cool. I'm very excited. But you know, you're in a, a, a transition state right now, mm-hmm. you know, going from graduating from college five years, even with all that quarantining in there and everything being weird. It's like a whole new stage of life. So I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. The future has wonderful things no. <laughs> um, in store. So let's, let's talk about, you know, just college in general and how hard it can be for for people in college to, to have healthy habits. Did you find that to be true? Did you live on campus? So the first two years, um, I lived on campus just in dorms. Um, and a big thing with me was late night snacks. Right. You know, they have all these different options that you can go to just late at night. Um n- I think they had a salad bar at one of the places we went to, and I don't know who touched it, but right. they had the greasy <laughs> foods and the chips and the microwavable mac and cheese and things like that. And I definitely was a sucker for those because, as I said, I'm a huge foodie. So when my friends were like, oh, we're going down um, to T-Dubs, which is what we called it, um, uh, to get food do you want to come? And I would always say yes. And obviously at the time I wasn't fasting so I could eat whenever I wanted to. Um, And I did not choose the most healthiest things to eat. I don't know who's (laughs) eating a salad bar late night, right? Yeah. (laughs) 
Anytime I've ever done late night eating, I was certainly not ordering salads or choosing the salads. It's yeah. that greasy, the pizza, the you know. The I was a bread. sucker for the the purple Doritos. I would probably oh. have a, at least like three bags of those a week. Wow. So good. They're really good. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't had them in a quite some time. Actually, maybe but I you guess. didn't have any like college weight gain with the, with that late night eating. I think maybe a tiny bit. Um, I'm sure actually, but um, I didn't really see that much of a difference, and I couldn't really gain that much weight because I was a college athlete, and right. you know, out of exactly. season we would like still lift and work out mm-hmm. sometimes twice a day and things like that. You were so very active. For me, the college life first year boom. Probably there's that freshman 15. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say freshman 15. I definitely, I did probably see some changes, a little bit more chubbiness in my face. And since intermittent fasting, I definitely saw like that go away in my face, right. which was kind of weird. Like I look at pictures and I'm like, I don't know. Like I didn't think I was chubby at all before, but now I just like, <laughs> you know, a little bit jawline, things like that. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It really is. So when I went to school in January of 2020, which is right after I started fasting, I was kind of, I lived in a house of seven other girls and I was kind of, you know, nervous to be like, I don't know, we would all sit and have breakfast together some days and I would just sit there and drink my black coffee and they were really understanding and they're my nickname for soccer is Obi, so they refer to me as Obi. So they would say, Obi, like, no worries, you do what you want, like, mm-hmm. we we trust you. And they wouldn't judge me at all. I was super nervous about people judging me, that wasn't an issue. And obviously, with college, you know, there's a lot of drinking involved, right? So <laughs> I was also a little nervous about that, and it's also always you know, late night drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I, it really wasn't as much of an issue as I thought because I was able to shift my window later if I wanted it to. So, and also just a larger window, which was a lot easier too. Um, so yeah, I would just push off eating a little later and make sure I ate enough so that the alcohol wouldn't get to me too yes. fast. <laughs> that is my number one best tip yeah (laughs) i just went to the acc championship in um in december with my college friends and wake forest made it in which was amazing and then just won a bowl game we were usually big losing all the time so it was very exciting to be winning anyway (laughs) so same thing though they're all like opening their windows and having the drinking early i'm like no no (laughs) i'm gonna wait i'm gonna push it later you gotta you you have to be mindful of how you want to feel Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And then I'm 52. I'm not starting <laughs> to drink at noon and going. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> but then I would wake up the next morning. And if, you know, I wasn't feeling my best, I would grab a bagel with everyone else. And right. in the afternoon, if I still wasn't feeling good, I'd still eat a little bit. And I would just extend my window. And sometimes I just wouldn't even have a window the next day because right. it was better for my body you needed, just to recover. You needed to eat. Yeah. You needed exactly. to eat. That's exactly true. Yeah. But it was also kind of helpful with saying no to some of those nights mm-hmm. where I was like, I I would just go out and not drink at all. And I would still mm-hmm. have such a great time. And yeah, that's hard for some college kids to go out and not drink. And 
think that they're not going to have a great time because they're not engaging in the whole alcohol drinking part. But I had a lot of experience with that in um, spring of 2020. And I'm so happy I did because I realized that I could have a lot of fun without drinking. Um, but also, I just I felt great the next day when everyone that is a <laughs> powerful lesson to learn at your age. It yeah. took me I swear to you, it took me till I was 50 <laughs> to learn that lesson. And it sounds kind of sad. And like, mm. gosh, why did it take me so long? But again, college, my college friends, same thing. We We had that whole mindset that if we were having fun, there was drinking. Mm-hmm. And um, then I read that this naked mind, Annie Grace is the author of that. And it talks about how that's so been drilled into us that, you know, having fun means you're drinking. And then after I read that, I'm like, hmm. So when I, when I first went to the, the beach with my college friends, it was November of 2020 when I'm like, hey, y'all, I'm not going to drink at all on this trip. They were like, <laughs> what, what? And and I had just as much fun. I was the designated driver. Mm. I didn't miss out on any of the fun. And actually, I you know I think I might have enjoyed it even more because when some weirdo comes up to you and you're in a bar <laughs> and you're not drinking at all, you're like, get away from me. <laughs> Instead of like you know engaging with people that you probably shouldn't be talking to. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, I definitely, I definitely still. That had... sounded odd. Did that sound harsh? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> no, it's, it would definitely need to be said. It's very true. Right. <laughs> it is true. But it, I actually find that I enjoy being out sober a lot more. So it, it's been kind of like like a big mind shift. So the, back to what I was saying, I'm, I'm proud of you for learning that at the age of, you know, that you are at the age of 22, that you can still have just as much fun. It, it definitely was tough in the beginning. Yeah. More, not really me, myself. I I went into the mindset and going into the party knowing that I would have a good time and I would have right. a good time. Yes. Uh, as I said, I'm I'm pretty stubborn. And if I told myself I'm going to have a good time, I definitely would. Um, it was more so like my friends, you know, we would all like take shots together and Obi, can I pour you a shot? And I, I'd have I kind of sounded like a loser sometimes, but I'd be like, no, I'm all good. You guys take them. And that was kind of a big adjustment, but mm-hmm. I I got used to it. And my friends started to understand sometimes not to offer me drinks, but I don't want <laughs> I don't want to sound too much of a loser where I didn't go out at all. Like I definitely right. go well, out and, and have and fun. And I think that right there says so much about it that – that was what I, I was stuck in that whole, like, if I say no, it feels like a loser thing to do. You know, like, well, I have to say yes, because I'm fun, mm-hmm. right? Like, fun gin will have a shot. And being able to say, you know what? I don't want that. Mm-hmm. It's, like, powerful. So being able to say no. And I'm not a loser. It just, I'm, I just, I'm a winner because I'm saying <laughs> no, right? Yeah. I also saved a ton of money, which is really uh-huh. nice. Yeah, it's not buying drinks and things like my that. My twenty-two-year-old, same thing. I'm like, you know, when he he goes out, his name is Will, and when he goes out, I'm like, no drinking and driving. Mm-hmm. Call me, take an Uber, whatever. He's like, I can't afford it. <laughs> the, 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 not Uber, the drinking, the shots. And he's like, it's very expensive to buy alcohol out. And I'm yeah. like, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> that encouraged me a little bit more. I'm like, oh, I'm. Maybe I'll just have an earlier window so I don't drink tonight and I can save some money. <laughs> there you go. That's right. And you'll feel great the next day and yes. you'll be aware of what's going on the whole time. I just, it really has been transformational for me. Um, you know, I'm not alcohol free 
and I'm not planning to, but I'm much more mindful. Just like intermittent fasting teaches us to be more mindful about what we eat and when we eat it. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time for that lesson to carry over to alcohol as well. Right. Yeah. And it has, finally. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. But how about how about your friends or any of them? Did any of them take up intermittent fasting? Actually, you know, a couple of them did, and they actually really liked it. Um, I was kind of surprised at that. Um, as all of us being athletes, we they didn't really go into it hoping that they would lose any weight. But um, yeah, actually, two to three of them probably did for a little bit, and they will, you know, text me once in a while and say. Um, that they started it back up just because they missed how they felt. Um, a lot of them said they loved how they feel when they wake up and, um, and, and during their workouts too, you know, they were nervous about, um, working out in a fasted state, but they realized that maybe they don't have to have the granola bar before their workout or, um, their apple or something like that. Um, and then, as they were progressing in intermittent fasting, they would say, Obi, I, I didn't start eating until 12 today. And I would just be so proud of them. Like, that's so great. I didn't feel like a coach, an intermittent fasting coach at all, but they would come to me for advice and things like that. And I would just be so happy to, to share my story with them and share, um, what helps me the most and, and things like that. One thing that was really tough for um, my friends was definitely the black coffee. Right. (laughs) Um, That didn't always go over well, but with me, a big part is the clean fasting. Um, And uh, I, I like to do everything wholeheartedly. So as soon as I started, I did the five hour eating window and I just did black coffee and that was tough. But I, I mean, I'm drinking my black coffee now. Like, it's just like – You get it, used to it. Yeah. And then do you actually prefer it that way now? Like, yeah. let's say your window was open. Would you choose black coffee there or would you have – Sometimes I do. But I do mm-hmm. – I like 
the all the fancy drinks. So sometimes the hot milkshake. Yeah. He, yeah. Sometimes I I would treat myself during my window and go to Starbucks and get, you know, the sweet cream cold foam and right. the pumpkin and all that. And that would be like my one thing during my window where I would really um go all out and get just a fun coffee drink. But I I really like black coffee now and it's kind of cool because number one, I feel like a bad, a bad girl. You can say it. A badass drinking yeah. black coffee. <laughs> I do that. Me too. Me too. It just, when you're at a coffee shop and they're like, do you need room for cream? Mm-hmm. And you can say no. Doesn't yeah. that just like, nope. Yep. I, I feel, I, yes. I love it. Ordering <laughs> coffee and I'm like, oh, no cream or sugar. I'm like actually proud to say, no, I'll yeah. just take it black. Yesterday I ordered a black Americano. They're like, no, no room for cream. I'm like, nope, that's good. Nope. And I walk out with my black coffee. I love, I actually love it. I don't know something about it. I do too. It just feels like strong. Yeah. It feels like a strong thing to do. Yeah, I get it. I also work at a a restaurant and we, it's, it's for breakfast. It's like breakfast brunch and we serve coffee, obviously. And, you know, you go up to the table, ask everyone what they want to drink. And most of the time they just say coffee. And I always have to ask, do you want cream or milk? And I love the people that say no, because it's just uh, not as much of a step no for fuss, me. No yeah. muss. And Here's the black coffee. And I'm yeah. like, black coffee, I like you. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my son, um, the one son that's living at home, the 22-year-old, he's he's always had his coffee black. And my other son and his wife are, who live in San Francisco, they were just here over the holidays and they both drink it black. So that was nice. I was like, I wasn't sure that my daughter-in-law drank it black. I couldn't remember. So I was like, do you need anything for your coffee? She's like, nope, just black. I'm like, Love awesome. that. Awesome. The other cool thing about drinking black coffee is I don't want to say I'm a snob because I really will. Whatever's in front of me, I'll eat it. I'll drink it. Like I'm really yeah. not picky whatsoever. But I'm able to like taste the taste of the coffee. Right. And I never understood like, oh, Starbucks is bad coffee and Dunkin' is good coffee and – and just different roasters and things like that. And comparing the coffees, it all just tasted the same to me because I was putting the cream and the sugar in it. But now I'm able to like be like, oh, that's good coffee. What right. What kind of bean is that? And things like that. And it's uh-huh. kind of fun. I'll, I'll try black coffee and, and I get to taste it more. And it's it's kind of fun. <laughs> It really is. That That is a very cool way of looking at it. I, the place that I go to the beach, there's a coffee roaster that's like just really a few blocks away from my house. And so the last time I was there, I was. they have all these different kinds of – they roast their own. Mm-hmm. And um, if anyone's been to Surfside Beach, you probably know it's Benjamin's is the name of it. They have like homemade – like pastries mm. so it's like my kind of place <laughs> definitely <laughs> i'm gonna go there every time but i bought some of their um some of their coffee and so i think it's going to be a staple of my my beach pantry <laughs> and the guy there was funny he's like do you need me to grind this for you and i'm like no no i grind it every time i make the pot and he's like good for you Ooh, that makes a difference do you grind your own beans at home no i definitely don't so i when i living at school I mm-hmm. have an espresso, just a espresso okay. machine, and I'll. Yep. It's it's one of the more newer, fancy ones, so it can make like coffees and like also Nespresso, like pods and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. It makes I actually don't even understand it that well. I just throw it in. <laughs> it does way too many more things that you <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. 
But when I'm at home, we just have a Keurig also. Yeah, it's more yeah. of like when I go out and then I get to experience You can and, tell. Yeah, I mean, experiment with it. Yeah, and have fun with Well, that. that might be the next step I would recommend because it really does change the experience of the coffee. So I have like a – I think it's a Cuisinart grinder that I really like because – I never know, like, scooping the coffee, how much to put in. Like, I never mm-hmm. have any idea. But you can set, like, today I'm going to brew eight cups, whatever. And then you just turn the dial to eight, press the button. It gives you exactly the right amount. Wow. And then I just dump it. I have a drip coffee maker. And I just put it in there and then match the amount, you know, like eight cups of coffee, eight cups of water. You, and then it, it brews it. You grind it every morning? Yeah, every morning. Wow. It, it takes just, like, you know, no time at all. I wake up in the morning, walk into the kitchen, grind the coffee, brew the coffee, Unload the dishwasher, coffee's ready. <laughs> what What's so different about it? Why does it taste better? It just tastes better. You know, I have a Keurig at the beach as well. I have a Keurig. I was telling somebody this the other day, and it sounded nuts. They're <laughs> like, you know, what K-cup would you recommend? I'm like, well, when I'm drinking a K-cup, I drink, you know, this is the one, and that I have that at the beach. But I was like, I also have an espresso at the beach and a coffee grinder and a regular <laughs> coffee pot. I'm like, that sounds a little obsessive when <laughs> you start thinking about it. But if I want the best tasting cup of coffee, it starts from grinding the beans right there. Really? Now, if it's just me and I'm there by myself, uh, I might throw in a K-cup or have an, have an espresso. Um, or like if, if someone has had all the coffee, which is very likely to happen, I, I want one more cup, but someone has finished the pot, I'll just throw in a little Nespresso and mm-hmm. I'll have that with the crema. I like that. And crema... People who have Nespresso know it's just foam on the top made from the way that it goes through the machine. Mm-hmm. It's actually not cream. It's <laughs> just a f- coffee foam. I don't know what that magic is, foamy coffee. <laughs> but it, it really enhances the experience. Interesting. Because we have the Keurig pods that, you know, they're the reusable ones and you can okay, fill yep. in your own mm-hmm. rinds. And we have a lot of local coffee shops that, oh. you know, I could experiment Grab a grinder. Try. The one that I have, I think, like I said, I think it's Cuisinart, Cuisinart mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I got it on Amazon, and I know I did. And so when <laughs> it was time to get one for the beach, I got the same exact one again. And, you know, it could drive you crazy trying to figure out, you know, the best one, but this one just works great. And I love that you can set the amount that you want, but try it. But when the guy at Benjamin's was like, do you want me to grind it? And I said no, and he's like, <laughs> awesome. I was like, good, I'm on the right track. <laughs> I'm sure it makes your kitchen smell so good in the morning also. It really does. It hmm. does. It it just feels like, like you know, waking me up. Yesterday, the power went out. We had crazy wind, and I could not have my coffee, and it was, like, really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it came on at, like, 9, so I was like, all right. But I was like, oh, sad day. What and my friend's do? like, go to a coffee shop. And I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be coffeeless versus going to a coffee shop first thing in the morning. But Well, I want to hear. Try that. Try grinding your own. See what happens. I kind of want to. Maybe I'll do send that. send me an email. Mm-hmm. Let me know. I will. <laughs> <laughs> it really it really makes a big difference. The, that's the most delicious coffee is when I grind it myself. What Nespresso pods do you like? Do you have a favorite um, there? They're all really funky names. I like, they are. I, was, yeah, I can never remember. I think it's Melozio or something like that. I don't. I don't even know. I yeah. I still am trying to kind of a little bit experiment with that, but they all taste really good. They're really strong. When I they first are. started that, um, the Nespresso pods, it was during um, when I was doing intermittent fasting, and that was like the early days. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, 
I, that makes me like coffee a lot more and like understanding the different grinds and the different where they come from and things like that. And that's fun to experiment with because you can buy just like, I don't know, it comes with 12 or 16 or something and you just Mm -hmm. try that and then see which ones you like. Exactly. Yeah. That was what was fun with it. And people often ask is that, you know, do those break the fast? The only ones that do are the ones that are clearly like vanilla flavored or caramel flavored or chocolate flavored. And there's only a few of those. Most of them don't have those flavors. And so they're fine. Do you have the ones that are like those those dome ones or the little ones? They're the dome ones. ones. They're the bigger ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I did grab, I, sometimes when you buy like a lot of them, you'll get a couple extras. So I got a couple of pumpkin spice and then I got caramel cookie butter or something like that. And so I would still have them black, but in my, during my eating window, and I, I didn't even want to add any milk or anything to it because I got to taste the actual like caramel, whatever it was, cookie something or the pumpkin yeah. spice. And it was it was good like that. Good. I'm glad. I I tend to not like those those added flavors. I mean, of course, I would keep them in my eating window as well. Um, but that makes it a lot easier to stick to the just black. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. So. What would you tell, I mean, I always ask this at the very end and we're not at the end yet, but I want to talk just specifically again back to college age people. You know, when when my son Cal went off to college, he did have a little weight gain starting off. And, you know, someone else recently was just talking in, in our Delay Not Tonight community. They're like, you know, I have a son, he's at college, he's really struggling with his weight, but there's so many food opportunities like mm-hmm. you were talking about and he just doesn't want to feel like he's missing out. And I don't want to nag him. I'm his mom. But, you know, as a, as a college student, what would you tell other college students who might realize that the way they're eating isn't serving their bodies well and they don't feel their best, but they don't want to miss out on that college experience? I definitely had to learn in the beginning how to say no to foods when people offered them for me or, or if, um, you know, I was going to a club meeting that just had like cookies or something. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't that hard for me in the beginning to just say, oh, no, I don't need the cookie. But it just got so much easier. And I would just walk right past the cookies now at the club meeting. And I, I didn't even feel like I needed them because I wasn't in my – eating window. So therefore I just couldn't have it. And if I really wanted it, I would fold it up in a napkin and, and eat it. Delay. (laughs) Delay. Exactly. But it really isn't as hard as, um, uh, that's okay. There's a dog, everybody. That's not, you're not like having a dog in your house. It's her dog and that's okay. (laughs) You also might hear fighting cats at any moment because we have Will's cat is here. And he's nine months old and had never been around other cats. So he is like wants to be friends with my old cats and they do not want to be his friend. No. And so we hear like cat fighting at any moment. (laughs) My dog Henry seems to see something outside when there's definitely nothing outside. So so it's just easy to delay it because it's not your window. Right. But there are a lot of food experiences in college, right? Right. And it it just reminded me that there are so many experiences to grab food with friends. So um, those experiences definitely could be during my eating window. And um, I knew that there would be so many other opportunities to just like have this cookie or like every day there's something. And I 
quickly learned that like this is not the only opportunity where I get this cookie. So right, um, there will be another cookie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that that's what made it easier as well. And it wasn't. It really wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I was I was very nervous, but then I. Mm-hmm. I started to get good at just saying no to foods. And, and I felt a little bit powerful being like, no, I don't mm-hmm. need that right now. And I was kind of proud of myself in a way. Yep, exactly. And I also have to p- point out for me, I was always like, I had no money in college. <laughs> like, don't tell my dad and my stepmother. I actually, I've told them this. I think <laughs> I've, I've come clean with it. But I learned my, I don't know, maybe my junior year that you could sell your meal money back to the university, to the registrar before school started. They would just give you a check. Don't tell them that I did that. So I would just go. And so they like sold my meal money back. And then I had no meal money. (laughs) So I never had any money. Um, It's uh, it's helpful with not spending as much. It would have been very helpful not to feel like I had to go eat. Because I wasn't, of course, doing intermittent fasting. I had breakfast. I had lunch. I had dinner. And Boy, I would have saved a lot of money if I had known about it. It definitely fasting. helps, especially have, being someone who has to. I now pay for my rent, and I had I pay for my last semester of school, and right. I pay for my dog, and um, it definitely it definitely does save me a little bit because I get to say no to things, which is it's yeah. nice. <laughs> it is nice, yeah. So I would go back and tell my college self all about it. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we are almost at the end. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, whether they're in college or any age, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So something I wish I knew, which I learned pretty quickly, was you know I was nervous to have my high-intensity workouts and being fasted, but I did quickly learn that I could work out fasted and I wouldn't get... I was nervous about getting lightheaded and passing out and things like that. So I started out kind of small. Um, But I wish I knew that I could just, I would feel so energetic and great Mm -hmm. during my workouts. Um, And like knowing that I would, uh, I wish I hopped on the train even earlier because how I felt. That's good. And, you know, some people, it might take them a little longer to feel good in their early days with working out. Mm-hmm. So some people might not, like if you if someone's just starting off and they're inspired by Julia mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm going to work out hard. And then you're like, wait, that wasn't easy. Give give yourself just a little more time. As soon as your body adjusts, it will right. be so much better. I mean, we there is that. There is that, that adjustment. adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it all works out and, and you know, you understand your body more and you just listen to to what your body needs and it'll all work out. I love it. And to know that at the age of 22, Julia, (laughs) that is what's so exciting, you know, knowing that now because all those decades that I struggled so much, Mm -hmm. I wish I could go back and and know it. Oh, I, (laughs) well, I, I, I absolutely am going to fast the rest of my life and I'm excited that I started so young and just to see how I progress. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And I think your story is going to be one that helps a lot of people. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember... I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. 
Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.